Okay, just before we kick off, don't move your body. I really mean don't move your body. <laughs> see if your body's comfortable or if there's a contraction. If you need to change your position, then change your position. So sink your awareness deeper than thought. Deeper than emotional content. Melt, dissolve into nothing in particular. Just let there be a disappearance. Don't be concerned with what happens. Just dissolve. Like an ice cube in the sun. Turns into water and the water disappears too. Dissolve. There's nothing your mind can do to get you there. It's just about <laughs> melting, dissolving, dropping the story of the mind. Even dropping the seeking. you're completely stuck in your stories. All right, most of you are out of it. So for those of you stuck in story, imagine that your, your pelvic bowl that inside that there's a bowl of water filled to the top, filled to the rim. So it's resting between your hips. So either feel it or see it. Some are visualizers and some are sensory but it's totally still. There is no movement at all. And any movement is going to topple it over because the skin of the water is slightly higher than the edges of the bowl. Just watch that stillness. No movement at all. The fine balance of it being full to the brim and not moving. Just watch it or feel it. 
Jeva makes more sense to you. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. It's fine that your mind has nothing to do. It's good that it can get used to having nothing to do, but yet not being asleep. Your awareness still there? Have we gone off into storyland? Still there. When you're ready, let your attention be however far you got. Bowl of still water, or dissolving totally, or melting, or maybe the love place. Or tenderness, or the nothingness, emptiness, whatever. These are just labels for how pure consciousness reflects in our mind. So let the access to there continue. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Let the access continue even though the stimulation comes in through your eyes. It's kind of soft and open. Just no story. Just no story. Until your mind says it's not good enough, or it's boring, or what about. And so as soon as you start entertaining that, everything shifts. Hmm? Everything shifts, and then you start playing your subjective reality. Stay in the wider view. Huh? There'll always be drama. That'll always be there. But how big you make it, 
Hmm. <coughs> That's where the option lies. Anybody gone completely back into their mind's dialogue? Yes. Well done. Paula, did you want to come up? <laughs> Where's the story gone? That was only ten minutes ago. There's a question about the existential fear. Okay, can I give you the mic? Or would you, would you want the mic there or would you like to come up? Okay. There was a question about <clears throat> the existential fear and it being part of um, consciousness, the wider, wider, yeah. yes. Um, I, I certainly know what being afraid of, fear of. Aha. Uh -huh. <clears throat> and I've had a couple of experiences of fear itself. Aha. Uh -huh. And you had said, well, anyway, my experience was that fear itself was dissipated, dissipated faster than fear of. So, I'm a little confused by that. So in the spectrum of pure consciousness to attachment to the me, myself, I story, fear of is, is me, myself. It's in the dualistic realm, right? If your investment is in that reality being the authentic one, yeah, it's going to be stickier. If you see that it's a movie and you're looking from someplace outside of the dualistic realm, it's going to have no potency. It's only got potency if you give it to it, if you're attached to it, if there's a, a, something to be gained and lost by engaging in fear of. So you're saying that that's the stickier one, fear of. Yeah. So that there's a threat there somewhere. You're the me, myself, I. That self-referential network believes that it's helping you in some way because its usefulness is still being believed. Yeah. So the, the existential fear—I don't mean the fear of death; I'd say fear of—but just the sense of yeah, fear. Yeah, and I've had that like in the middle of the night. And there's just this. Overcoming yeah, all invasive feeling of fright or fear. Yes, but not of anything. Okay, and that dissipates more quickly. Mm. What do you do to dissipate that one? Ah, yes, this is it, Father. I think that I, I say <coughs> I kind of have the sense that I have to make it fear of something. Ah. So then I choose death. And then it disappears totally. 
Okay, so you bring it into the dualistic yes. to give it a story, to attach yeah. to something. To attach it to something. I didn't, because I thought that must be what it is. Oh. Huh. All right, so I did, in other words, I didn't go through that fear, I made it into yeah. the fear of death. Yeah, yeah. You brought it deeper into the story. So the next time, if it ever happens again, <laughs> yeah. um, don't do that. Don't do that. Stay with fear itself. You know? And, and See, I thought the fear of death was the fear of, that was the ultimate, the mother of all fear. Sure. It, well, it's more that it's a universal, because we have this self-preservation thing going on. It's part of being alive. We, we have to preserve ourselves, otherwise we wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't cry when we're hungry as kids. I mean, it's just innate to being human. Everything, everything, actually, a tree will do it. Everything will, will seek to be alive. It's just a natural part of life ensuring itself. So the fear of death, sure, is there, but it's of something. Yeah. So fear itself, before it becomes fear of something, is what I'm after. It's before it becomes something. Calling that existential fear, it really is the realm of where fear exists. So it's kind of got a double twist. It depends on how you, how you look at it. So there's, there's fear of existing or not existing. Okay, so then that's the death bit. Then there is, does fear exist or not exist? And its own perpetuation to stay alive. That's really existential fear. You know, it's where f the existence of fear is being explored. How real is it? What is it in its essence? But if we put it into the dualistic realm, of course, we're not exploring that level of it. And to really be done with fear, you, you have to look at fear itself, the essence of fear itself that has no story attached. When, when that is transcended, when you see through that and totally get what it's about, then somehow fear of stuff in the world, most of it, there's always exceptions to these things, most of it goes into its proper place. You know, it, if there are, like, whatever, footsteps walking quickly behind you on a dark night, it's like, whoa, so now, okay, okay, that's a useful fear. So it kind of slots into where it, it needs to be there to protect you in a realistic scenario, when most of the conditioning around fear burns out. But you've got to get at fear itself in order to do that. So would that apply also then to beauty? Yeah. Truth? Yeah. Love? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They show themselves to us. The essence of what they are show themselves to us. And when you see really what they are, like as a, like a continuum that just has space and time, and it's turning into some form. But it's beauty before it can attach to a form. It's beauty itself. So it's kind of formless. It's a concept only, but it doesn't have form. And it's so exquisite, it has to attach to something so that we can label it. But when, when, when you're going back in this way and you're discovering the building blocks of the story-making mechanism of how this whole perception comes together as a common, you know, common movie that we pretty much agree on, as we're peeling back from that, you get to see, gosh, there's beauty and there's the sunset. I can tie them together or not. 
You get to see that. You know, you, you get to see that beauty is just an overlay on certain things, depending on what I've been trained to see as beautiful, really. But beauty itself is quite independent of the form. We just stick it on. It's like the same as love. It's like, you know, love is present when I'm with the one I love or doing something I love. And it's like, actually, no, you just attach that to certain things that make you feel probably in harmony with yourself or whatever. And you, you, you know, you attribute love and a beloved, and you create the whole story, but actually love is quite independent to whatever you stick it to. There's love itself. You see? Yeah. So there's beauty itself. There's truth itself. And then we say that this, this is true or that's true. We tie them together. They can be tied together, and there is a zone of where only the essence in and of itself exists. And even that must be seen through. Even that dissolves. You know? But a great understanding comes from that, the place of absolute, absolute love, absolute truth, absolute beauty before it's attached to form. You know, it's just... Like, when I was, you know, in my own path, like, there's a lot of kind of very wacky things going on. And good and evil was something I had to figure out. I really had to figure out. And I couldn't just say, yeah, good wins, love wins. I was like, I'm not so sure. I've got to figure that out for myself. I'm really not so sure. So as time went on, of course, I did have the, the battle, literally a battle, literally, between good and evil. And I wasn't sure what way it would come out, but it, it did come out that, oh my God, oh my God. That whole evil is, is, is really is, the flip side, when we play with the idea that love can be absent, when we play with that idea, well, it's actually love in another form. It's just love in another form. But you have to discover it for yourself. Might even be labeled fear. Could even be labeled fear. Could. Could. <clears throat> it's a version of. It's a version of. But for me, it was good and evil. Maybe it had to do with Catholicism and all that, that I touched into that area, you know. Ghostbusting certainly didn't help. You know, because you're playing in those kind of dimensions. You know? <coughs> so, well, it did help if you look at it the other way, because it, you know, made me go into areas, gave me a reach into how consciousness is, that consciousness is built that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. You know, it all plays a part. But fear comes up for most, evil, not so many. Fear comes up for everybody. It's up for everybody. It's got to be transcended sooner or later, sometimes post-enlightenment, sometimes pre. Can't wait for the next time in heaven. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I love the enthusiasm there, Molly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, existential fear. Yeah. Yeah. So some people have, you know, that, that ability to touch into these absolutes that that are further down the line, you know, further down the line than 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 the ones that we see as positive, you know, the love, truth, beauty, and it's like, gosh, this is absolute suffering, this is absolute terror. These things become a spiritual experience for a lot of people. They're like, it's not my sorrow, it's not my sadness, it's not my oh, something going on for you here, Emery. Oh, I just have to move aside a bit because I lose my train of thought and I'll be on here. Okay, <laughs> um, 
yeah, that we touch into, um, yes, touch into some kind of primal, raw sorrow itself, sadness itself, grief itself. Uh, it, you, you know it has no story. You know no matter what you do, it has no frigging story. It's just the intense experience of it coming through your form. And it's, that's all it is, is that you as pure consciousness have touched the place of where, of where that, the potential of sorrow, sadness, grief, where it is being produced, showing up for the first time before it becomes attached to a story. So some people have that experience, you know? You just said the word that yesterday, last night, when you said uh, potentiality is love. It was like you hit me in this. I've got uh, tears in my eyes. I couldn't believe how that uh, just potentiality is love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's all, it all starts there. That's the emerging, emergence. So it's from love. And potentiality as manifesting as fear. Manifesting <clears throat> as fear. Manifesting as sorrow, as grief. As absolute sorrow and grief and absolute fear. You know, in, in, in its purest form, before it has well, gone into story. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You see how it's all set up, you know? So we're exploring different lenses of perception. You know, so what is it that's looking at these lenses of perception? Where, where is that? How come, how come you know what I'm talking about? Like, what is it that's seeing all these lenses of perception? What is it that gets, oh, there is fear itself, there is love itself, there is, you know, love itself back here, there is sorrow itself. What is it that gets all of this? Otherwise, it's like she's talking garbage. But, but it's pure consciousness recognizes this. It's you as pure consciousness that sees the setup. You see? So just view from pure consciousness. Just view from there. Don't trade all of this knowing that you innately have for me, myself, I. Why would you shrink? Why would you shrink to just a little me story? Like, what the heck is the value in that? When you, can, when you can just see the whole matrix and view it from the outside of all of it. Like, it's bananas how, how anybody wants to believe the me, myself, I experience, really. Can, can you see how it's kind of bananas? Huh? What you said to Phyllis before also resonated very much in that. Just to, to know that you're playing the role. Yes. Yes. That's a very good way to get detachment from the character. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you're right. Would you like to come up? Yeah. I'll take the mic. Sorry, I don't want to cross the sound barrier. <laughs> Hi. Erica, is it? Yes, it is. Thank you. Um, I've got a couple of things I would just like uh, I'd like you to help me with, maybe sure. clarify a little bit. Um, first of all, in the last six months or so, I've I've gotten um, like a, a passion for finding finding what's real, and um, 
quite organically, uh, things have started to drop away. Um, it just feels like I'm setting them down. And I guess my clarification, there's something here that is um, what's been with me always and is just, it's always been the same. And I guess, is it, am I just setting it all down? Every belief that I have about myself, is that what's happening? Um, is that sort of where I'm going? Is that what the point is, is to get to that place and not anything else on top of it? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, because I feel like that's what I want to do, and at the same time I feel like, what am I going to do when I do that? What's <laughs> going to happen when that happens, you know? Uh -huh. And is that right? And I guess I just need some mm. clarification or validation that mm. letting that go is okay. Yeah. I want to I wanna talk a little bit about that which is in here, which was always the same. Talk to me more about that in whatever way you can. I, I want to check your reference point, your core reference point. Okay. And that's sort of just come up recently. Um, and the only way I can reference it is by... I think back to when I was six, and I feel like that was the same. It, it's a, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, a, 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 it's not a being. It's a, a, a knowing, or a. It's just. It just is. It just is. And um, there have been a couple of other openings, you know, I don't want to call them experiences necessarily, yeah. but I've, I've felt other things, but this just feels constant, and it doesn't go anywhere. And I have, last night and today, I didn't even intend to be here today, I just found myself driving here, and um, the things that you said about um, being in this place and, and having a... Um, uh, playing a role is, is I realize that that's what I do a lot of the time. I'm still able to access this and, and still be a role instead of just necessarily being just Erica. And uh, so this just seems like it's it's always here and it's become more present. And I, I just really want to set everything down. I really want to just take this off and put it down. And I just want to make sure that that's kind of what's happening. Absolutely. Okay. Go for it. Okay. That was the second part, is that last night you said, I'm not a timid, I won't do the timid thing, I just want to, I just went for it, and I didn't know exactly what that meant. What did you mean by you just went for it? I'm not sure what the context was where it I said was, that. It uh, was uh, uh, spirituality, opening um, your work. You, I don't know who On you my were own talking path to. Or something, was it? Something. I'm just kind of diving into this work wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm talking to you, yeah. I, I think, and you said, uh, don't be timid. Just, 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 you can be timid for years, or you could just right. go for it. Gotcha. And I didn't know what that meant exactly, and I wanted to ask you about that. Right. So if you give a lot of weight to the thought, ooh, if I set down Erica and all her beliefs and everything, what's going to happen then? If you give a lot of weight to that, I call that being timid. Okay. All right, so just put it down. Just yes. go. The consequences are the responsibility of that which is moving everything. And that's, that comes up, brings up the rest of what I was going to ask about is 
So I put everything down. I, um, I don't want to get too uh, convoluted here. Um, so I think about what's going to happen in the future. And I've got a particular person, my daughter in my life, that has caused me um, a lot of stress. And um, that's one part that I'm really attached to, which I want to just ask really quickly about a minute. It's fine. Take your time. Okay. Um, I guess if I let go of everything, uh, there's a couple of people here that sort of touched on the same thing. If I let go of everything, what's going to happen to me? Yes. What's going to happen to my life? I'm going to live under a bridge somewhere and I'm never going to have anything. And Yes. This is what the mind will say because it's not interested in being set down. I see. So that's its story. It's going to play a strong story. Okay. You know? And you've helped me quite a bit in last night and today talk about uh, fear from childhood and yes. maybe touching on that. And you don't need to, but I mean, be going back and, yeah. and, and investigating that yes. because... You know, people were taught or yes. picked up stories on how to survive that, yes. that don't necessarily work anymore. That's and right. I've I've carried those with me for the last 50 plus years and that hasn't really worked so well. That's know? right. It doesn't really work so well. No. Um, my other question was about my daughter. Okay. And Just before we go on to her. Um, uh, Oh, no, no. Before I go into her, there was a thought there. Yes. The knowing that you remember you had when you were six, and it's constant and unchanging, and it's there now. The life that we live in between gives us huge wisdom. Say that again? The life that we have lived in between gives us huge wisdom. And it enables us to help others and manage in the world and participate and be kind, better people, really, whether we want to or not. That's what this thing makes you. <laughs> this is what this work turns you into, you know. So um, the six-year-old, yes, she had access to it, and she knew it was real and authentic. But add on the wisdom that the 50-plus years, whatever it is, gave you in between to the six-year-old. So... Just some people are like, no, I'm just, I'm just going back to the sixth year. I'm just going back to that. It's like, let, let, let's just take the learnings and the wisdom of your life. We, we, we can bring that with us, but, but not the habits and the imprints. Do you know? So we set everything down, but, but we have wisdom. Okay. And, and that's worth something. So all the fear and uh, timidness about action doesn't need to be brought into that. Just Not at all. The, the learning and... Yes, the, the insight that it gave into what it means to be human. Okay. The insights that it gave you, gave you into experiencing and how people can show up and how suffering happens. Take the insights with you. Okay. That's the wisdom I'm talking about. Okay. You know? Yes. So, so some people, when they set that down, they kind of just go back into being dysfunctional because it's like... Hold on, hold on. There, there is, there is, there is something that will still help you. So setting everything down doesn't necessarily mean clearing everything out. Uh, being a blank slate. It just means dissolving the beliefs, the stories, the identification, the habits, mm -hmm. the assumptions, the consequences, the fears. It's all that stuff. Okay. Believing that you're Erica. Mm -hmm. Anything that contributes to that story. Okay. That's what goes. 
I've been trying to watch my thoughts about that and uh, about <coughs> judgments, yes. um, fears, um, that. Yes, have a laugh at them when they come up. It's like, oh, I see you. Well, it I will catch me, about. and then I'll right. stop and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that caught me again. Yeah, great, you know? perfect. Yeah. That's a great attitude towards it, because right. there's, yeah. There's no story with it. It's just like, whoa, insight, you know? And just to see it. And just seeing it and let it go. Right. Let it go and go back into your wider view again. Okay. Right. Yeah. I can do that. You can do that. Yes. I bet you can do that. Your daughter. My daughter. Um, my daughter is a very strong, powerful person who has a lot of issues. And um, I love her very much. And... Um, I find it hard to say no to her, and she's the one person in my life that seems to snag me, and uh, there's, it's kind of complicated, you know, I love her, I fear her a little bit, um, there's a lot, but I see the reason I feel that I'm so attached to her is that I see that perfection in her, and I just want to help her. And I don't know if that's, if there's something else going on. I know that you usually, or the, you seem to be able to see through these things. And so I'm, I was wondering if you could give me any clarity on that at all by what you feel or... Um, yeah, okay, yeah, he, he, here's what Because I feel like for the last three years she, she was in prison and she came home and a couple of years were hard on me and and this is what pretty she helped me so much because she made me surrender completely to life mm. and it crushed me and uh that's where I had to let go and that was part of this the start of this and um I'm grateful for that yeah um love her very much and I feel like finally it might be spiraling down to the end of all of this but I'm still very caught up in it and I was just wondering if you could help me uh, with that at all any insight when you say you can help her or you want to help her I'm not sure which you said tell me what that what that looks like she she spins out of control sometimes mm. and um, she she sounds like you crashed a few cars. Um, she's crashed a few cars. And she, you know, she needs help with money and she needs help. I'm her person, you know. Yes. I'm her one person that stands by her. Yes. Everybody else says, I've had enough. Okay. Yes. You need to go. Right. And she just is, she just is. Yes. And um, so I'm the one person that stays by her yeah okay okay how would it be you were to find some way I don't know how this will turn into language in your in your relationship but if you could find some way for her to recognize her own wisdom her own innate knowing inside I have tried to get her to see who she is and she can't I haven't found a way to get her to see that yet um yeah it's more it's more developing her uh 
it's not more, it's not really who she is. I don't feel that would work with her, actually. But, but for her to um, have a reference point that she goes to. Okay, okay. Let me find a different way to explain this. I wonder if it's possible for you to to show her for he, to help for her to recognize where she makes decisions from. So so what I'm looking for is like as you speak about her, it seems that you know she she makes rash decisions and she you know makes survival decisions and the odd decision is wise, but but she's kind of operating from all different templates within herself. So there's no consistency. It can go any which way. For her to develop some kind of an anchor and a sense of responsibility, which is like an ability to respond, not a weight of it, not, not the heavy, <clears throat> dualistic kind. If there's, a way of, if there's a way of like, okay, what do, what do you, think, you think in your own deepest part, what do you think is the best way to go here? If there's a way for her to... to for you to show her that, that that where she makes the decision from is actually impacting the success and failure of whatever she does. Do you know? I do. And I can try to do that yeah. with her somehow. Yeah. Um, she, she pretty much wants to know, but only listens to herself. And um, I'm, I'm right now, I want to help her and I'm really attached to her and I love her but I also want her to stay over there yeah and so um I okay. don't know what you can do to yeah fix. Might... I just guess I wanted mm. to know whether or not I'm being if they're if I'm actually seeing who she is and that's why I'm attached to her mm. or if I'm this is just some weird uh uh, codependent relationship, uh, mm. blah blah blah. Mm. You know, um, mm. so I, I'm not mm. sure. I, I feel like it's a real thing that needs to be acted out. Um, yeah, yeah. That it's like a, I don't want to say karma thing, but it's there's something there that needs to finish. Yeah, there is, there is, and I'm trying to kill two birds with the one stone. Okay. Because if there's, if there's, if you can find the language or the way to kind of say, hey. Did you make that decision with your head, with the survivor? Or, you know, to find, like, I'm not too keen on the head and the heart because the mind uses the heart like someone else. <laughs> but it's like, did that come from kind of your gut or did that come from your head? You know, the one who's trying to prove something or did that come from some deeper place within you, the wise place, the wise lady within you? That might work with her. I see. Okay, the wise lady within you. All right, D- did she make that decision or did that come from your, your head? Just all thinking. Something like that to like make her kind of like, oh, come back. Because what it will do, it will, the second thing that it will do is it will force you to give the power back to her. I see. And I'd like to see some unraveling of the power exchange that's going on. Yeah. You know, and so handing it back to her and saying, okay, where'd you make that decision from? Okay. You know, and just introduce her to the wise lady in her gut. I, I think that might help because I want you to, to, to hand her back a tool for her to find her own potency. Right. Find her own direction, find her own sense of an anchor 
of what she can refer to inside herself. And if she, if she knew where she was making her decision from, and at the moment we just make two places, the wise woman within her and, and her head. Okay. It's enough. It's enough for her. Either or. It's enough. You know? But at, but at the same time, you're just like... I also feel like this can, can uh, wind down yeah. when I get in touch with the, the two-year-old that's afraid of uh, the source of life and fear at the same time. You know, the parental screaming yes. figure that is scary yes. and my only source of life yes. kind of fear, you know, yes. that. And, and yes. to access that, I think, will help yes. with this. It will. You bet it will. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's what I needed to. Yeah. Thank you. You um, sure. helped clarify a lot of things for me. Sure. You're welcome. I, I appreciate it. Sure. And you know, it might be interesting to like make some lists of like, okay, the role of motherhood. What does that mean to me? You know, if I'm to let her go, what do I lose? And, and you get to see where there's still attachment, you know? I would do a few exercises like that to, like, pull it apart in yourself and see, well, what does the relationship mean to me? Nothing to do with her now. This is, what does it mean to me? And dissolve, just slowly, slowly, peeling back the layers of, of what you get out of engaging the way you do. I see. Um, and I think you can resolve that karmic thing much faster. By looking at it? Yeah. And, and feeling it? Or yeah, just getting the insights. What seeing what it is. That's the looking, you know? Seeing what it is. And like, ah, oh, that's what's at play. That's what I'm getting there. Okay, that's something else I have to set down. I see. You see? I got it. Yeah. Oh, that's very helpful. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You're I very welcome, it. America. You're very welcome. Where are we going? And Marie Myers are going towards you. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of something cooking? No. No? Okay. Yes, Terrence? Do you want the mic here? Oh, I, I can share if it, if it's open. Or... Yeah, it's open unless somebody has to jump up. <clears throat> you want to come up? Okay. Susan, how are you cooking? Do you want to come up soon? No. No. Not yet. Not yet? Okay. Yeah. I, I'd just like to... Yes. Let's not... We, we can't finish without talking to you again, okay? Okay. There's something... Okay. We need to pull that together at some, some stretch, just in case I forget. Okay. Okay. Um, this can be brief, I think, but... Um, it's something I remembered when there's been a lot of conversation about love and whatnot, and I have a little thing to share. Um, yeah. It brought a lot of anxiety just a little while ago, but um, well, periodically, I'll listen to your YouTube and others, and then I'll kind of sit back and when I think about some things, and maybe listen more, maybe not. But uh, one time, kind of recently, um, I listened to some of yours, and I, I have a, well, what I do sometimes is, 
do a makeup song, but you're not there. And I'm pretending we're doing this right here. Yeah, perfect. Okay, I was kind of embarrassed to share that. But, um, <laughs> so what happened once was we're, we're just in a dialogue. And I'm sitting here. And I wasn't listening. And, and after a while, I realized I, I, I wasn't listening at all. And then I kind of, and that bothered me. I was like, whoa, I, I mean, I couldn't, couldn't listen. And I thought, this is strange. And I don't know if I was feeling kind of up and out a little bit or not. But what I realized, The words were coming from you, and it's kind of been a, maybe it's a wave. I don't think they travel that way. It seems like they would, but they came into me, and they didn't go real far, but what was happening, the words were kind of coming up against a kind of a veil or something, uh -huh. and then they would hit this veil, and letters would just kind of drop on down. Okay. Um, then, <coughs> oh, I'm so anxious, but um, so I wasn't listening because there was no listening happening. Mm -hmm. And then the emotional part. Was on a, it's like on another frequency. I was experiencing what you might call love that was coming, being shared both at the same time. And I guess I've never experienced this before in this kind of awareness of how much you offer and what sources. So I, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm just making this up or whether this is a. Yeah, a huge amount is offered from that which moves all. And we, on a phenomenal level, we take the odd crumb. We don't see it. We're not interested in it. We're interested in other stuff. We just take the odd crumb. And that pure consciousness just showers showers. It's like constantly, constantly 
and 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 we just say, just just maybe I'll just take this a little bit, maybe because this is really more interesting. And all we're doing is moving towards suffering, and consciousness continues to give and give, and it's tossed aside. So it works. And I don't think anything can be done by it about it. It's just how it works, you know. It's just how it works. What you're saying is true. But our resistance to receiving is friggin' huge. It's huge. We resist, resist, resist. Why do we resist? Keeps the story going. Keeps individuality going, keeps experiencing going. We, we just crave experience and phenomenal story and, and... Until we're so open and trusting and surrendering and then it's like, woof. Then the flood can come, you know? Would you call it the addiction to stories? Yes. <clears throat> Addiction for sure. Yeah. We're full of barriers and boundaries just to maintain our little domain. I guess it's, if I don't want to get analytical, but I, I won't actually. Um, but I can kind of, perhaps this is a very clever grace that I was definitely going to get my attention because I could not listen. Yes. So all I could do was be in the presence of grace or of whatever. Yeah, a mirror of what you really are, you know? It's you and you, that's, that's what it is, you know? So much more goes on in addition to the words. It's lots of levels that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I can't say that, but that's what I'm picking up on here. And yeah, this is how it plays. 
Yeah. Hmm. Um, and it's funny because the grasping of it makes you narrower. Your receptivity reduces when you're grasping it. And by melting and dissolving, you become more open and relaxed. So it's a flip, no? It really is the opposite of what the mind imagines. <clears throat> it's the flip side is, is, is true, you know? The more malleable and open and yielding you become, the more it'll hit you. You know, because your resistance is down. You know, that doesn't mean being victim, being passive. That's not what I'm talking about. It's that like naked, open. But yet you have a healthy boundary to function in the world. You know, that's why you kind of have to start start out the stuff in the world. You kind of have to start out your personality too. You know. So that you can function well, you know, you can deliver and you can be professional or a friend or whatever it is, you know. So you've got to get that shit together too, you know. So within those good practices of, of, of managing in the world, in whatever version you can manage, then that open, available, completely transparent, honest, that's what's asked of us. And then we receive it all. Then we receive it all. Or as much as we can, you know. But the amount we compromise, the amount we reject, and we don't accept it sometimes unless we can understand it cerebrally. Like, the limits that we put in place so that we don't have to just rest in open, trust, vulnerable state of Yielding, you know? I, I, I know, it's wild how we block all this. We do it to ourselves. You know? so, and from that end, we, we, we choose suffering. We actually choose the friggin' thing. We choose to crank up more of it. We choose to sustain it. We, we do it all. We do it all to ourselves. It's like, it's bizarre, no? It's madness, but that's, 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 that's how it keeps going. What else would be doing it anyway? It's, it's ourselves. There's a self-perpetuating mechanism in there. You know? We take less than, and we imagine it's protecting us. It's wild. <laughs> Turning away from our own potency. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the fear of using that potency in the world. You know, if you don't have some wisdom and maturity, yeah, that, that's going to bite you in the ass if you misuse the power and the potency of, of what you really are. Sure. And that happens, no? That happens. There's all kinds of abuse of power going on. And, you know... Most of us have some recognition somewhere of how that can really go belly up. So then the imprint is there. It's like, whoa, better to be humble, actually, than, than to, you know, be huge. Because if I'm huge, I get shot down because that's what happens phenomenally. So, you know, we will use the mind's rationale for, for limiting our, our, our awareness of our 
divine nature of our huge potential essence that's right here right now in you making you creating all of this it's creating all of this right now you know and instead of just like stretching your body so that you can fill that suit you know something says whoa not safe not safe not safe not safe Somebody will put me down for that because if I see somebody else getting too big for their shoes, I criticize them. So I know what happens there. So no. So, so it gets all mixed up because by the time it comes into the dualistic mode, your mind will make it look like something else. You see? So what if you were to embrace the potency of your divine essence? What if you were to let that shine? What if you were to trust it totally to impregnate every cell of your being? What if there was only your divine essence that worked through your body and you didn't have the limitations of the me, myself, I story bringing you down to size? Could you let that happen? Do you know that your ego wouldn't grab it and that you'd go, you know, become arrogant and all the rest of it? Like, <laughs> do you know the difference? You know, can you let action come through without it being contaminated by an egoic uh, paint, colouring it, shaping it in a different way? Yes. The giving of nature as you're describing it, is this something that's beyond mind? Is that what you're referring to? The giving? Or in other words, you're saying that what we're rejecting, but is this rejecting rejection of something that's beyond mind? Yes. The mind will reject what it doesn't understand. And if it's not in control, it doesn't really want it. Okay. So the fullness of, of, of what is of potentiality. We have all these layers set up to reduce it, reduce it, reduce it, reduce it. So by the time it comes to the dualistic mode, we've just got a little drop. And what Terry's talking about is like, holy shit, the amount that comes from source. The amount that comes from source. And there's this filter layer in front of me and it's falling off at the edge of the filter layer. I'm not letting it in, you know? I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he's talking about. So, so it's like, okay, so all these protective layers th that, that we've set up, can you just chuck them all out? Can you chuck them all out and let the fullness of your being come through without your mind saying, whoa, there's consequences here? Or the ego saying, huh, I'll hobby horse on that and I'll, I'll make it for personal gain. Like, can you be so clear that that stuff will just charge through? The thing is, when it happens, the world doesn't know what to do with it. So it's kind of... You know, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say wasted anyway, but it does look like that sometimes. You see? Yeah. So, so there's, there's the flip side. If it's wasted anyway, why, why, well, it gives more reason to have all these filter lenses because the world can't use it anyway. But maybe it can. Maybe it can. I don't understand 
understand why you're saying it's wasted if it gets through the filters. Because... Like with you, it gets through the filters and you bring it to us, so that's not wasted. But you're taking breadcrumbs. And I note myself from being on the other side of, of, of this room, I would only take what, was, what made sense to me and what I could use in my life. And then I would hope that there would be some energetic shift that I wouldn't be aware of. But really what I'd be interested in was what was relevant to me and my world. Are you talking about when you did like the ghost stuff? Or what, what are you talking about? I'm talking about right now how, how we... Um, at satsang or in these environments, how we pick up very little of what's being offered because we have to make it relevant to our story. Talk about now, <coughs> now, that, that the filter lens of, of how to make it relevant for me, how I can, you know, what can I take away? We're looking for a takeaway. And the takeaway is usually filtered by what, what can make my life better. Okay. Right? Yeah. So... But that's taking crumbs. That's really taking crumbs. Because you're still working through the filters. Sure. Yeah, all the filters are up because you can only see what, what matches the needs of your filters. <laughs> and that's the crumbs. That's really the crumbs, you know? It's just how it is. So, Jack, first, thanks for being here. Can you here. move the mic, please? Oops. Is, are you oh. done, or was there more on that? I like that he's there. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think I'm done, but I... Uh... Okay, okay, let's, let's share the mic then. Okay. Hi, thanks for being here, Jack. Um, I want to go back to what you said about pure consciousness just pouring out to us, and then we have the resistances and maybe take breadcrumbs. But my question is... When we drop the body and we drop all our resistances, then uh, that pure consciousness that we're stopping while we're in body, does that just hit us all at once? Is that what people experience when they say in near-death experiences that they feel the light, the love, the bliss, the rapture? Yes, but they usually can't sustain it. Oh, even then? Oh yeah, even then, yeah. You get lifted for a while, just like a, a really good spiritual glimpse. It's like, oh, it lasted for two weeks, or it lasted for half an hour, or whatever. Same thing on death. Wow. They usually can't sustain it. Post-death, it's like, when you, if you visit a spirit a month later, it's like, okay, they're a little bit above where they were, but they couldn't sustain it. They very rarely can sustain it. It's the same, it's the same law as, as when we're in the body. We really can't sustain that much light. We have to kind of integrate and we, we get a little bit of a shift and a little bit of a shift, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Is there more, Terence? No? All right. No, I think, uh, thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Yes, Susan. Um, I have been extremely tired and I realized that that's a defense. Yes, yeah, well done, it. well done. And it helped me when you talked about pouring things through and people not being able to take it and it made me angry. Made you angry? I said, 
damn it, <laughs> I want to do it. I don't want that to be. Yeah. I don't want that to be. Yeah. It's a waste. Yeah. It's a waste of energy. Yeah. So, but I'm not sure. I, mean, I came up here because you said I wasn't finished, but I'm not even quite sure why I'm up here. Yes. Except that I know I'm not finished. Yeah, yeah. So, so just during the, before we got back after lunch, I met Susan down the back and it's like, claim your power, claim your power. I want to see Callie. I want to see you kind of potent, mm-hmm. potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I see that all this process for me in the last few years, I think I've lost potency in a way. I think I've lost energy in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I was trying, I was, after you said that, I was thinking, you know, thinking, of course, um, what, what's that about? You know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's some martyrdom or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like when, when the role of, of, you know, being the responsible caretaker, mm-hmm. when that role comes in, you trade your power. I think so. That's, that's, the, that's what you lose, no? Uh-huh. I guess, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I also, when you say claim your power, it was like, oh, okay, but I'm not sure how. Yes. Yeah. So there is a spiritual potency uh-huh. that has autonomy, is self-reliant, mm-hmm. there are different versions of the same thing really, that, that type of kind of trust in the knowing and as a result trusting whatever happens on the outside because there's no control or you have no agenda, there's, there's mm-hmm. just nothing going on that, that you know, manipulates yeah. the outside because there's no personal agenda. There's mm-hmm. just a total trust in the knowing and the outcome is the next thing that's happening and you'll deal with that in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a sense of potency and power in that, Susan. Okay, okay. Now that helps a lot. Uh huh. Because I couldn't just say, okay, Callie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like an inner uprightness. (sighs) Ha. I guess it's trust. It's what it feels like. Yeah, it's like an authority that has a humility because it has no agenda. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Because, you know, we usually talk about authority because somebody has earned it. Or, or you know, it's based on judgment and something is above something else. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of authority at all. It's authority knowing that there is only one movement here and it's pure consciousness. And it's the authority of pure consciousness. And the mind has nothing to do with that. Okay. Do you see? Yes. The authority of pure consciousness, align with that. That authority. Okay. That authority. Okay, so then I'm, I'm in touch with a fear of the ego, what you were saying, of the ego coming in and claiming it. You have a fear. That that's was my fear. the fear for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's it. Ooh, I'm afraid I'm going to take it and say, oh, look at how great I am. You're afraid yeah. you're going to take it and yeah. become a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I thought, well, okay, so, so go for it. And if I become a jerk, then I'll learn from it. Then that's yeah. right. Then yeah. that's, what, that's what would have been there underneath. Right. It wouldn't be just the fear of it. It might be just the fear of being a jerk, but it actually might be the experience of being a jerk. Right. Let's see what's there. Possible. <laughs> yes. Sure. Well, it is. We've got to be open to it. Yeah. So, so that, that's what you, know? you mean by going for it. That's the going for it I'm yeah. talking about. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're changing. Oh, you're changing in front of my eyes. Yes. Good. Great. Own it. Claim it. You know that ownership of... It's not, it's not the ego ownership. I know I brought this up last night. It's like 
it's it's the ownership of of the, your true we nature. All, it's all, we all have it. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the not denying your divine essence. That's what it is. So there, so there's fear, and out of the fear comes came denial. Yes. Denial. Yes. Yeah. And then they can't we can't let it in. That's right. Then you can't let it in because you become small. Okay, and there was safety. It felt like there was safety and smallness. Yes. Sometimes the feeling of just, I just want to disappear. Yeah. 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 And the invitation is to get huge. Okay. The opposite. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Spiritually, energetically huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it at that and see what what unfolds. Good. Good. Yes, Erica. Um, would you like the mic or would yeah, you can? The, the mic. As you like. Yeah, thank you. So last night, I think Terence was talking and um, you said that when people have a, a great opening, that a lot of times it doesn't last because the heart chakra hasn't <coughs> opened. Is there a way to open your heart chakra? It's really a consequence of letting stuff go. I found that the techniques to open your heart chakra don't work. It's more a consequence of yielding and yielding and yielding. So it just happens? It just happens. It just happens. And it opens a bit and it opens a bit and often opens with huge crying. Just release of sadness. And some people get a heart attack for it, to do it. I've seen that quite a lot, you know? And it's interesting the amount of people that have had, have had a heart attack and for a few days after, or even, you know, bypasses, where they've had open heart surgery, triple bypasses, quadruple bypasses, very often they cry for three or four days afterwards. Very often they cry. You know, it's like, ah, that's what it took, huh? <laughs> you know? So energetically, so I don't know what the linkage is, but it's interesting. <coughs> huge tears often come after that. When something happens, the physical heart, so it's like, hmm. These things are overlapping with each other, you know? <coughs> but it's the consequence. The spiritual heart opening is, is like, spend time with it. Say, what? what? Does um, doing any work with your chakras help at all? Yeah, but it tends to be not really sustainable. It, it, it does a bit, you know? It does a bit. It's really about just clearing what's not true. And the other thing is, um, I came in a little bit late, and you were talking about honesty and it just being honest in your life is that um, I don't know what my question is you should just it's self honesty honesty with yourself being transparent in yourself not playing any game with yourself at all that sounds hard <laughs> you do it okay. you can you are doing it I think there's a lot of honesty in, in what you what you're talking about just not hiding, not denying anything. Just being willing to see it all. See it, see it all. Okay. Yeah. No. No upholding of the standard of who we thought we were, because that stinks, you know. It just seems. Why I say it's hard. It seems hard. Is because it seems like ego can creep in there, and and spin a lot of stories that are easy to believe that yeah. aren't true. That's it. And uh, just seeing through that. Yeah. Just takes a lot of effort. I can do that. Yeah, it, and, and it gets easier. 
It's like, okay, what story are you spinning now? What are you spinning now? Until it's like whatever it spins, it's only of use to me if it's, if it's going to help me participate, if it's kind of related to a task or something. It's only of use. I'm not interested in any other dialogue. I'm not interested. So whether it's there or not, I'm not listening to it. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm not interested in it. That's the only place my mind is of use is like planning, executing, delivering, communicating. It's task-driven, you know? I'm not interested in anything else. I'm just not. I don't care what it has to say. I'm like, volume is way down. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Mahesh and then the front row. Can you help clarify for me, what is the linkage or relationship between addiction to stories and fear? Mm. Mm. Like fear of letting go. Mm. Is there any addiction without fear someplace in there? I don't think you can have addiction without fear. And I kind of tune into what addiction is. There is fear in there as an ingredient making addiction possible. To really drop, drop addiction? <coughs> Whoa. You'll be looking at the fear of the unknown. Who will I be without it? What, what will be my... Because it's a crutch. Any addiction is a, a reliable crutch. And to be without the familiar, no matter how destructive, to be without the familiar takes an awful lot of courage. We love any reference point. So it's the biggest thing to drop would be, what would I be without my story? Yes. Yes. Can I be nothing? Because what we one, one pitfall of non-duality is that we swap out the personal identity for the identity of being God or the absolute of pure consciousness. That'll do in the meantime. That'll do in the meantime. But identity itself, actually, where the Son of Man has no place to lay his head or hat, whatever it was. No reference point at all. That's where you're heading. But if you need to be the absolute in order to kind of get closure on the disempowerment and the illusion of what mind does, if you need to be the absolute in order to drop all identification and with story and all addiction to whatever is your habitual accepted grooves in your neurology, it's like to drop all of them or to turn down their volume so that they don't have the potency to influence your action. Very useful stepping stone is to rest in the divine nature. Rest as pure awareness. Very useful stepping stone. <coughs> but the identification with that has to go to. Has to go to. It has, it has to become almost like second nature. Yes. Or the prime, or first nature. First nature. First nature. A, a seeing through all identification, that the concept of identification, of being anything at all, is the greatest tripping. It trips us up. Being anything at all. Why do we want to be anything at all? Good question. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Thank you. Sure. To the front row. Thank you. Does the mind have a part to play in listening? Sure, in terms of cognition, in terms of comprehension. But what the mind mostly does is it picks out what it wants to hear. 
And if it's used to interpreting that there's conflict or does this person like me, it will use that filter lens. It, you know, it, it, I can say the same thing and five people will have five different versions of what I say. That happens all the time. We just, we have a filter lens and the mind does that. It filters out. Because it's just looking for like, just give me just a little grain of something that will help me, myself, I. And so if I uh, have, the familiar, have the filter lens of, am I accepted here? Then everything that I will hear will be whether or not I'm accepted or rejected. You see? Yeah. It's going to filter everything according to what it needs. So you need it for comprehension, but the filter lenses have to be dropped. So you need this kind of openness, availability to hear what's really being said. What's really being said. You see? Yeah, I, I guess there are these moments, you know, they've been happening today where um, I'm listening and it's almost like there's something missing from the listening. Um, and yeah, maybe it, it is that kind of that, that self-interested, like picking and choosing. But um, it's like I'm hearing your words, but at the same time, I don't know, it's, it's just hazy. Are they going in another way or are they being rejected? Feel into that man. I feel like something's picking it up. I think so too. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not, I guess, the normal way of... The filter lens of your intellect isn't the first... Uh, Entry point. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So yeah, so your 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 mind isn't vetting it from the outset, mm. and that's that's what we do when we're believing it's me. When there's me myself, I in a conversation with somebody, the filter lenses that support the me myself, I are the first thing to weed out what's said, mm. and so we have subjective point of view. Mm. You see? Yeah. yeah. So, so all of you can listen. And we know that too from some... Where did I read about that? About the listening capacity that's not our... Yeah. You know? You listen with the body. In a we way. do. We yeah. listen in all kinds of ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just had a question about that. You tend to be a person who's very task-oriented and filters things out for how is it going to be good for me. Um, that's on automatic, I think. Is there a practice for dropping back down into the absolute? And um, the second part of the question is um, dealing with that fear of just uh, letting things happen the way they're going to happen instead of wanting to control them. <laughs> two things, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay, great that you named them, because the exposure of them is like a big chunk of it. <clears throat> Little bit like Tito, if you had unconditional love for yourself, both of these practices would be diminished greatly. 
Because when, when there is a, a default lens of perception, that's what's in it for me, how can I gain out of this? There is an innate belief that I'm not whole and complete as I am. So we're constantly trying to compensate, to rebuild and to, oh, to find that moment of rest because now I'm gaining something from me. So you get a little bit of a break from the normal MO, which is there's something incomplete here. That's the absence of self-love. I can see that. Mm -hmm. So you've got to work on loving yourself there. Total love and acceptance. If you have to do self-forgiveness, do self-forgiveness. Whatever you've got to do, but there's a whole package of work there around completely and totally being able to say, I love and accept myself exactly as I am in all of my magnificence. What do you need to do to, to get there and say that from your heart? So it's more about doing that. That's the fastest way to the recognition of the absolute. Yeah, because there's a real judger inside here and at the Catholic background too. And I'm always, you know, reverting back to myself. That wasn't good enough. I, I could have done it better. So from today out, could, could we just draw a line under self-criticism? Because it's keeping you asleep, it's actually not helping you at all. It's not helping you in any way. It's, it's, it's completely being used by the ego to keep the me, myself, I alive. Could we draw a line under it and saying, from now on I will no longer support that practice. So any moment you see it is like, whoops, stop, not doing that anymore. It's like giving up cigarettes. It's like, whoops, I almost pulled one out, I almost lit it up. It's like, nope, not doing that anymore. That clean about it. Because if there's negotiation with this, you're, you're not doing anything. Could you stop that one from now, the self-critic? Mm -hmm. You can try. <laughs> you can try. You can try. I don't know if I can. Because it's so automatic. It's in my DNA. and I wasn't really aware of it until just now. <laughs> to this degree, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very strong. Yeah, yeah. But I can see how it impedes me, and there's just not that total acceptance and opening because of that that keeps pushing me down. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. That's what it's doing. Keeping me from just being who I am. <laughs> yes, that's all it's doing, is keeping you away from the truth of who you are. Yep, that's all it's doing. So do you want to support that, or do we drop it? And you're saying, I'll try. <laughs> because so many things now in my mind, i got to <laughs> remember to... Let's see, I can't remember what our conversation was earlier. Oh, about the pain. Oh, I dropped that already. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I can... Look at that. <laughs> She's gone from like a try to either. <laughs> Remember what I was saying about that crossroads? Every now and then it's like, okay, do you bow down to like supporting the ego or are you just going to dive in? We're kind of at one of those. Sometimes until I'm up against a wall at something really serious, you know, that's when I can really drop it. That is very rare, but... Maybe I can uh, make it not so rare. <clears throat> That's true. Welcome change. 
Change is good. There's nothing to be afraid of in change, nothing at all. That's just applying an emotion to a concept. Separate them. Change is wonderful. Everything changes all the time. Like, Don't bother attaching any emotion to it. It's just change. So the commitment to not self-judge, self-criticize from here on out. Where are we at now? I'm committed to it now. Are you? You're not just telling me because you think I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I want what's authentic. There's no right and wrong. I want what's authentic. What's, what's the resistance? What's the fear? What's, what's the block? Well, I have to be perfect. Really? Because, uh, you know, I know so much. <clears throat> I've been around this spiritual field so, so many years, you know. I, I, how can I make mistakes? I mean, I can't make mistakes, be imperfect, because... But the imperfection that comes with the criticism. That's the imperfection. Mm -hmm. right. And there, there is no phenomenal perfection. The understanding that all is perfect is way back there in the absolutes. When we come down in here, it's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's a beautiful mess. <laughs> Do you know? But looking for perfection phenomenally, phenomenally, wow, like, that's, that's not perfection. Because when the phenomenal lens is playing, it's all about growth and improvement and change and suffering and duality. And that, that's the melange. That's the big mix, you know. So phenomenal perfection is completely ego-based and subjective. It's an ego-making thought. Phenomenal perfection. So you can let yourself off the hook. Being perfect or imperfect is both, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an ego-based statement, belief system, standard. Mm -hmm. Especially since I already know that I have no control over any of this anyway. So I Except you imagine you have quality control. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a bit nuts, no? It doesn't compute. Does it doesn't it? compute. Yeah. Yeah. So no quality control. No. <clears throat> no. Just go for it, huh? Yes. <laughs> Let it roll the way it will. Try a few daring things and <laughs> not try to stay in my role. <laughs> Just let loose. Oh, can you feel the freedom of it? It'd be wonderful. And why wouldn't you give that to yourself? Can you? It's, there's that fear, but I'll deal with that in the middle of the night tonight. <laughs> the fear might just be because it's unknown. It's unknown. Mm -hmm. And going back to the familiar is the ego's greatest tool. Familiarity of addiction, the familiarity of my story, the familiar, familiarity of any reference point will do. It just wants to cling to what it knows. Mm -hmm. There's a huge freedom of not having any reference point at all. Huge. 
But the mind will say, oh, oh, there's consequences. All it's doing is trying to pull you back in again to being who you are not. That's all it's doing. I'd like you to do one thing every day that tests your own rules. Okay. One daring thing every day. It can mm. be the tiniest thing. Just break a rule every day. One thing. Just one thing. It can be getting up at a different time. It can be not having a shower. Anything. I don't care. Anything. Just break one rule every day. Okay. One rule every day. If you meticulously make your bed, well, don't. Just crawl into it and pull it around to that night. One thing every day. And some days you kind of might repeat the same thing. That would be great. It's like, okay, okay, it's loosening. Something's loosening. Because when you break your own rules, I want you to hear what, how the controller is challenged. Okay. You see? <laughs> All right? And then to say, Shh, I hear you. I hear you. No, no, we're going into the unknown here. And I'm going to hang out in the place of freedom of like, nobody cares except my ego. Nobody noticed except my ego. To hell with it. Do you know? Because mm -hmm. I know I've heard you speak about when you challenged yourself to do things that uh, were really far out from which kind of person you thought you were. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's... Yeah. That really works. That really works. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you've no reference point. You're like, okay, who, who the heck, you know, and it becomes, oh, yeah. who the heck am I now? I don't have my standards, my rules, my right, I don't have anything. Oh, gosh. Oh, how does this feel? What's this like? What am I going to do? Regroup myself and say I did wrong or just let it rip? Right. I'd go for the latter always. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Plunge right in there. Plunge right in. What are you waiting for? Thank you. Okay, this will just work back. Yeah, would you like to come up? Um, it's entirely your choice. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here and thank you for <coughs> sharing your uh, wisdom. With sure. Us. Um, so I had a, I have a question about uh, last night. Um, um, you were saying that um, um, pure uh, consciousness uh, from the neck up, uh, it's fine and everything and, uh, you know, um, the mind can, uh, I guess, I can force my mind to get the filters out or um, allow uh, the uh, uh, pure consciousness to occur. But you also say that it has to occur on a body level, on a, a different dimension, which is the dimension of the body. Um, um, and that's a, a sensorial uh, occurrence for a pure um, a consciousness to, to, to happen. But I, I, I fail to see how that could be characterized as anything other than an experience, because it, it's, it's the senses, right? The body. The body would be... Um, experiencing pure uh, consciousness in order for the, for the occurrence to be complete. Does that make any sense? It does. It does. Um, so there's two places I'd like to go with this. I want to mm -hmm. talk about your own relationship with your body, but, but 
to just look at this first as an intellectual thing. Um, there is no wisdom in a neck up awakening because something hasn't dropped in to the densest part of the form. A phenomenal change in your brain happens when you wake up. That default mode network burns out. We stop think using our brain in the same way. It's a phenomenal experience, waking up is. But it's not complete until the shift that's happened in the brain is matching the shift, is matching the frequency of your body. So there is a phenomenal thing here that is an experience. Yes, a change happens in your brain. But if the body stays with the frequency of the old you, and the head up, the brain, has the new perspective, something awful unfolds. So it's about integrating. It's about dropping it into the heart. Ramana Maharshi spoke about the heart center that was slightly left of the midline of the sternum. You know, uh, is it, it Adi Shanti talks about waking up and waking down or something? Yes. It's about embodiment. From the neck up becomes cerebral, intellectual, but to integrate it into your phenomenal life won't happen. So you'll be doing one thing and saying another. So the actions will not be... Um, uh, initiated by pure consciousness. But the density will be in your cells of the old belief system, the old vibration, and that will contaminate the flow of pure consciousness. And your actions will be out of sorts with your understanding. Then what happens is because of the split between the two, spiritual concepts is the only way you'll have of understanding it. So spiritual concepts will be saying, no, 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 it, I, I, You'll be able to justify anything. You can justify anything with a spiritual concept. And that's what happens. And it becomes confusing for people around you because something inauthentic is flowing. You see? So the shift in your brain has to be in every cell of your body. Otherwise, we have two messages going on. So the brain would order the body to surrender simultaneously with the brain? Or is this just something that is just a surrendering? Well, memory gets held in your cells. Anger gets held in your liver. Fear gets held in your large intestine. You know, like, the body is full of your, your story. Your biography is in your body. You see? So will the brain tell it? Maybe, maybe not. Some people are drawn to doing detoxes and cleanses, and other people, their diet has nothing to do with it. But either way, whatever is held in the memory of the cells of your body, and emotions are held in your cells, whatever imprints are held there, how they got to come out, it's not that easy to say your brain is going to do it. It's like, well, lucky you if that's all you got to do. But I wouldn't trust it. It's not the only way. So what's the other way? <laughs> if you're really honest with yourself and you know you're not using spiritual concepts to justify your action, 
If you're ever using spiritual concepts to justify your action, I smell a rat. Okay, I think I get it in some level. Yes, it's yes. Very difficult to conceptualize it. Yes. I like to be a rational person, but um, I, I think it's a gut feeling. Yes. I get it. I get what you're saying. So your body is getting it, but your mind isn't. Yeah, yeah. Do you see? Do you see the importance They're of the body? The yeah. Mm-hmm. The body is hearing this, but the rationalization is like, huh, huh, what's going on? You see? What other wisdom is in that body? What other capacities does it have to understand, to comprehend, to know what's going on here? Let's give it a place. You're not just from the neck up. Let's give, what else has this body got to say? What wisdom does it have? What story is it holding? Thank you. That's worth exploring. Yeah, it has a voice, yeah. It has a voice. It's different. And, and, and give it a chance to talk to your mind. Give it a place. It's involved in waking up as well. Thank you. Sure. You're very um, welcome. And since yeah. I'm already here, I have your attention. Of course. <laughs> so, so let's say, you know, um, hypothetically, yeah, I allow pure uh, consciousness throughout. Yes. Body, mind. Yes. Then what to do with it? Do I become a you know a spiritual guru or I so free I buy a faster car and you know um, go see a beautiful rainbow? I mean, do I just become a conduit or a channel and become a listening for others to be? I can do that. Or I guess it's kind of a mundane question, but you know what do you do with it after you achieve this sort of uh, nirvana level? Life kind of tells you what to do. Because if your mind was to plan what to do, okay, now we have a personal agenda coming in. So, you know, for those who are in that situation and that question keeps arising, there's there's an approach. And the approach is, okay, what would you have me do today? Just today. What would you have me do today? Because the mind wants to project and you know, have fantastical ideas and usually a load of bullshit. So it's like, what would you have me do today? What would you have me do today? So you get out of the way and whatever moves through you is given, given space. Because as long as the mind thinks it has to uh, plan the future or direct it in some way, uh, let's get more open than that. Okay. So it's like a morning prayer. Okay, I'm getting out of the way. What would you have me do? Oh, go to work? Okay. You know... <laughs> So have me do to the divine, I call to the divine. Yeah. I'm Catholic, so I, you know, I believe in, in God. But I guess the divine, okay. Yeah. I sort of surrender to yes. a different... Uh, That's right. Wisdom or okay. direction. Okay. Yeah, it's like, let's just... If I step out of the way here, if I step out of the way, what would you have me do? What, what, what moves through this form? It's about getting out of the way and then see what happens. There's no career path. There's no... You don't have to be bothered by any of that. You'll have common sense and you learn a living somehow, but it doesn't really matter what you do. The greatest gift is having your whole body and mind in the frequency of being free. That does it all. If that shows up and you're selling hot dogs at the corner of a street, or you're giving satsang, or you're at home looking out the window, 
Same, same. The greatest gift <coughs> is embodying it and being on the planet. That's the gift. People can't take much of it, you see. It just needs to be here. Just needs to be here. Thank you. Sure. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, there was somebody in the middle, and it was Connie in your, in, your, in your mind. Okay, you're standing at the back. Please come on up. Yeah, and then Connie. Hi there. How are you? Great. Um, when you were uh, talking earlier, uh, hold the mic for you. Oh, yeah. When uh, when you were talking earlier to someone about a uh, about the breadcrumbs, uh, I had a, a certain set of feelings that cropped up in the body uh, that 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 tends to uh, every well not only in the non-duality circle uh, but also it, it, it seems to to come across different well facet facets of you know my physical life uh, and that is um, and the contraction that happened, it, it, it kind of went away once I decided I was going to come up here and talk to you about it. But it, it, it's, it, it still it still kind of lingers, and it, it's something that, that, that crops up a, a bit. So I wanted to explore it. Okay. Um, and you were talking about the you know about the the bread the breadcrumbs coming in from consciousness to consciousness, basically. And uh, and, and I was like, well, yeah. I know I'm doing that, you know, I know that's happening. But then, then there was the reaction of uh, uh, also, uh, uh, so, you know, what control do I have over it, you know? And, and, and I always, you know, go to, go to, you know, this, this thing that I'm not that I think I am, I mean, what control does that have over the process? And uh, sometimes I hit that point, and then well, I got very angry. Uh, uh, and the anger went then into, like, like this shoulder-slumping futility. Huh. And, and... You know, and then and then I'm just, you know, I'm gone at that point. Uh, and then that just seems to be, you know, something that crops up quite a bit. The futility. The futility. The futility of, you know, like when when the woman was was asking, like, well, how do I open my heart chakra? And we're saying, well, it just happens bit by bit. And, and, you know, of course, I thought I knew that, too. It's like, well, I don't have any control over that either. And it's uh, some of those things, I, it, it, it just it happened just like that. It was like anger, and then I could feel the energetic contraction. Like it was more than body. Yeah. More than body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And, <clears throat> you know, and then I just, I just closed down. 
Yeah. And then it took me like three, four, five, ten minutes uh-huh. until I'm starting to like kind of starting to open up again. Yeah. Like from that contraction. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like whatever. Okay. Um, okay, you learned that someplace. You learned that helplessness somewhere. Yeah. That's worth exploring. Where did you feel that first? It's, it's, as you talk about it, it's really familiar to your system. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I always want to blame everything on my body. That's one of my lovely stories I love to just jump on. Right. Uh, I'm just, I've been kind of sickly for, for about 20 years. You know, the chronic fatigue and uh, all kinds of lovely things that come along with that. And I don't know if that's what you're talking about and the learned patterns within that. You know, after a while, you just kind of give in and give up. Uh, uh, because seemingly whatever you do, you know, it was a blessing too. It's kind of what got me on into all this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you know, and it's like great. It was a wonderful tool, but you know, now I'm done. You know, I'd like to be done with it. So uh, I don't know if it was learned through that, or I'm just using that as as an excuse. I think I, it was, I, I really don't know. I think it was there before it. I think that's there before it. Okay, there's another thing as well that you haven't named that's kind of bleeding through that, and it's kind of like a, it's kind of a victim-y energy. Yeah, that's there. Absolutely. Yeah. Can we blow that out of the water? Like, what do you get out of being a victim? Well, intellectually, I can answer that, but... But, you know, I know, I know all the concepts, but... but what's, what's, what's true in your gut? It hurts. To be a victim? Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay for you to hurt yourself and just go back to that? No. <laughs> I don't want to. But you do. But I, so, yeah, obviously, something wants to. Yeah. Do you think it's karmic? Do you think you're just putting in time? That's what it feels like. Mm. That's what it feels like. Mm. But I don't know if that's an excuse, too. I've been there. Well, you know what? I think there might be a bit of that karmic thing going on. What would you think of telling the universe to like, okay, bring it on hot and heavy so we can wrap this up? Done that too. Ah, and did it change something? No. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. I I did that, like, I asked for that when I, you know, 15, 16 years ago. Bring it on. Yeah. I want this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on strong. I, you know, if I got if I got lessons to learn and blocks to unblock, just just bring it on. Okay. And you know, I definitely asked for it. Right. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I mean. 
哈。OK， I'd love you to get some body work. I body work. I do lots of body work, and I've done lots of. I'm a body worker. Ah, you're a body worker. Yeah. <laughs> What kind? Well, I I did get a years ago. I went to massage school, but I seem to have energetic abilities. So, but I'm like, yeah, I work I work on myself daily to clear stuff out because I'm just. Constantly. Okay, but that's energetic. Like, no, both that and well, self massage. Okay, I'd like you to get some real body work done, like real body work. Like I'd have to blast it out here. Like, uh, like, like, like consistent massage work by someone else is what you're suggesting. Something much deeper than massage. But go through a Rolfing Ten series. Go to a an osteopath who uses the body. Yeah. Like it feels like, if I may go here, mental body is stuck into in my physical body. That's what it feels like. Yeah, there's stuff hopping all over your it, your physical body. Massage and, is just moving it around. And it started, you know, and I remember when it started. It started when I was like twenty, twenties, you know, about twenty, twenty-one years old, twenty-two years old. I had I had a. Uh, Hmm. I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but I think I should because I often think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, I uh, I did some mushrooms when I was in college. Yeah. Psychedelics. Yeah. And uh, something happened after that. Yeah. It shifted something. Yeah. Again, it was a big gift. Sure. It led me along a great road. I started seeing things the way I had never seen them, and it was all very, very, very important. But there's something, something holding steel, uh -huh. and, and 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 when I look back at the experience, yeah, it's like uh, under the influence of the drug. Uh, I remember. I wanted, I wanted to just lay down and just go into like outer space, like kind of. I just wanted, to, you know, almost like a spiritual thing. And my friends were, were, they just wanted to party. Yeah. And I got, I got angry over that. Okay. And something. Why you were? Some yeah. On the we, trip. Okay. We and something that shifted something. Uh huh. Uh huh. To where. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 make, you know, I'm deducing stuff now, so I don't know if this is a fact for sure, but it did something to the to the root chakra. It did something to make it very unstable and kind of oscillate, kind of in and out, and 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 it's a it's a pattern that's that's continued since then, and then exasperated, you know, when the illness came on and all that good stuff, but. Um, Yeah, I got angry, and uh, you know. Then after that, my you know my whole universe changed. Like yeah. the very next day. Yeah. The yeah. very next day, I became like a different personality instantly. Yeah. I became kind of cerebral, okay, and introverted, and I was like the exact opposite. Uh huh. You know, and uh, yeah, you know. But I years later, I was thankful for it. 
Because again, it, it, it slowly led me here. You know, and I thought that was very cool. You know, led me like to Course in Miracles. And yes. Then, you know, led me into, you know, the, the esoteric world, which yeah. is fun. It's just more phenomenon, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but um, something's holding there. Yes. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I love for it to like. Yeah. Yeah. Because all the energy is getting stuck in this physical body because of that. Yes. You know, and unless I, and you know, you mentioned fasting. Unless I fast, do a lot of body work, this thing gets clogged. Instantly. Yes. 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 Um, yep. We got to find you a really good body worker, like in a different level of what you're doing. You, you need much more serious intervention. Well, what about what about the the issue happening up at the mental body level level as that drops into the physical body? Doesn't that have to be attained? Your too? body is so jammed with old <clears throat> stuff. We we got to get it moving. Got to yeah. get processing in an entirely different way. Yeah. It's like that's the frame, you know. And it's like yeah. we got to we got to put the frame in a way that's supportive for you. And you know. Your mind will be okay, but like you can't integrate what your mind is understanding because your body is holding on yeah, to yeah. stuff that is not working for you. Yeah, not yeah. working for you. Yeah, yeah. You need a yeah. really good body worker and you need to invest in this. Yeah. And yeah. it will shift. It will shift. But you're going to have to dive into this and go after it. And it's going to be tough. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about it's going to be physically tough because, you, yeah, your body has to completely rearrange itself. We need to get you a good practitioner. Will, it will, that's, that's where you've got to go. If you put it off, you're just buying more time. And actually, right. you know, yeah. I, I can just see my husband there. Do you want to say something about this? You look like you're picking up something. I, I'm just trying to... There, I can feel it. You can feel it yeah. from his body. Yeah. 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 I yeah. feel it too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could um, could you, Derek, help to find somebody for him? I can look see he's in the area. Okay. Do you live around here? Uh yeah. mm, Did about you two hours away. Okay, north, yeah. south, east. Uh or in the LA County. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You live in LA County? I live in Whittier. Okay, yeah. we'll find somebody for you. Let's find somebody that, and I'll tune into the person and see if I can trust them for you. Because I, I can see where you are. There's just some stuff that's got to so be. Should, should I be doing? You know, I mean, severe diet has always helped me, but, but you know, that's another wonderful catch twenty two. Because you know, my red <coughs> shocker, when it flares the wrong way, I just, I just want to stick anything in this body. Yeah. You know to to. You know, and I know it just clogs more. It just clogs more. Yeah, it just clogs more. Yeah. I, I want to reset your whole body, the yeah. whole framework, reorganize the I'm, whole thing. I'm so there. that and, and that will shake the, the, the patterns in each chakra, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to give them all a, put a new framework there and then let's see. But, but without the framework being reorganized, we're just we're yeah, just moving around the furniture on the Titanic. It's not handling it. 
right now. No, it's not handling it. It's not able to yeah, take yeah. any shift. So you yeah, go yeah. forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards and yeah, forwards. Yeah, yeah, that's my game. That's your game, that's yeah. That's my game. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and none of those things are going to shift. Like yeah, yeah. dropping victory. It's like it's not going to, it's just going to morph into something else, actually. It's your body. Yeah, it's yeah. all in your body. That's what I've always believed. Yeah, you're, you're bang on. You're bang on. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll get you somebody. But you're going to have to make a commitment. It's going to be like the single most important thing you do that for the next year. Like a shitload of body work. Okay. All right. Right? Yeah. All right. You're, you're That's kind of inspiring, actually. Cause, great. You know, great. You know, because I've just, you know, I've tried so many damn things to yeah. clean this thing up. Like yeah. extended juices. And sure. La, 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 oh, la. I bet. And it's just I like, bet. You know, and then you just fall a little bit, I think. Yeah. No, it yeah, clogs up again. Yeah, there's a fundamental foundational yeah. issue that we got to go after. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll chat to him about it, and we'll look online and we'll find somebody for you. Okay. That's that's where you got to go. Sounds good to me. Yeah, sure. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right. You're very welcome. Hi, Norma. Here you go, sweetie. So something happened. And uh, while I was sitting there, I... Uh, all of a sudden, I'm not sad. All of a sudden, just nothing mattered anymore. Huh. You know how much everything matters to you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and uh, just, I was afraid to talk. I, I was afraid to think because um, it felt so free and like my whole body was tingling. It was, it was, it's been happening. I, I, I was very confused last night, not because I didn't know what you were talking about, but I just had this odd feeling. And then uh, today I was like, I don't want to talk about what I want, what's going on, because all of a sudden there's no story. And I'm afraid to talk, because I'm afraid I'm going to start thinking, and the whole time that it started to happen, I kept just saying, Om Namah Shivaya, I just kept saying it, because I don't even, I don't want to start thinking again, and so not to think, I just kept saying that. And I don't even know what to say to you. Um... You know, it's like I, I, I don't know if I even need confirmation of it. I just wanted to sit and look at you. <laughs> and I'm, I know, I feel like if it goes away, um, I don't know if it's going to go away completely. You know? But it's like, you know how you always tell me, find my feet and, you know, all that stuff. It's like... Um, it just feels different. It doesn't feel like what I thought it was going to feel like. It feels very normal. Uh, so I don't know. Um, I don't know it's good. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I'm afraid to do anything. I don't want it to go away. Okay, so let's not grasp it or attach to it. Is your mic on? Mine? Yeah. 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 Okay, thanks. 
maybe maybe um maybe it'll stay maybe it'll go but we need you to be equanimous no matter which way it goes that it can flow either way because the experience of it is what your mind is going to try and grasp but the perception of it uh even if that becomes more normal after a while it becomes the new normal and and you forget how you were before it so be you see yeah and and then it's like oh what was that experience and it's like actually it's just become the new normal so let everything soft so that it's welcome soften because if we grasp it we're contracting and we're already squeezing the door closed yeah, um, I don't want my mind to yeah. be in there somehow. That's it. Just stay open. And it's like, hey, if it goes, it goes. If it stays, it stays. That's enough on that. Do you know? Don't grasp it. Don't figure it out. It, mm-hmm. It'll come, it'll go. It's got to do its own thing. When you were talking to Terence, uh, it sort of started there. And one of the things that I've been thinking about all day is this whole thing about wanting to be special, uh, wanting to say something special. And when you started talking about love, I realized that it doesn't really matter because we are all special and, and unique in what we're doing. So I'm special because I want to do something. Everyone else is special because of what they're doing. And, but there was no jealousy in that. It, you know, and there was no, like, it doesn't matter if anybody knows I'm special. Yes, good. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever yes. I do special, that's great. Yes. Because everybody does something special. Yes. So if it's never recognized, right. then it loses its ego attachment. Yeah. Because specialness is just a part of diversity, unless it gets value and if it gets value ouch then it then it becomes all kinds of craziness yeah you know I was going right back into the same situation that you and I have talked about before about work and I got that today when we were at lunch talking it's like oh my god like I am not going to have that happen again I don't know what's going to happen when I go back but it's not going to happen in the same way. Good. Good for you. Jack, I just can't tell you what a difference you've made in my life. It's all right, Norma. You were just ready, you know? You were just ready a year ago. You were just ready, you know? And actually, I remember distinctly, as like, if she, this woman doesn't change, she's going to get sick. She's, gonna, she's going. And I did. You know, and you, boy, did you change. We talk for half an hour every month since we met last year. And, like, she's retiring from her job. She, I mean, you've no idea the amount of things that she's done. No idea. She's completely changed her life. Completely. So, fair juice to you. You know, you've got a lot of courage. You've done a huge amount of work, Norma. Yeah, you've done a huge amount of work. No, thank you for me. Thank you for you. All right, I'm just a mirror. That's that's what it is, you know. It's yourself. It's yourself appearing as this form. That's what it is. 
You know, I'm not under any illusions of having any specialness going on here. It's not. I'm just you in another form. That's all. But that's what's so wonderful you know, about you. But sure, that's what the truth is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the truth is, you know. So, <clears throat> that's what it is. So is there... I just feel like there's nothing I have to do tonight except... Continue to melt. Continue to open. No grasping. You, you can't go there. This is going to do whatever it's going to do, and it will pass. And if there will be a shift in your baseline afterwards or not, doesn't matter. We can't go there. That's going to play out how it's going to play out. I can't have any attached to the outcome. But what's happening now, this opening, this yielding, let it have you. Let it have you. Just be as open and as soft as you can be. If you end up being a bumbling heap of tears on the floor, I welcome it. You know? You know? If, if you really have a meltdown, fabulous. <coughs> Let it do whatever it does. No controlling. No okay. controlling. Let it have you. Okay. It does. Yes. Yes. Okay. It does. Yes. Thanks. Sure. Thank you too. Yes. <laughs> great. So there was a few. There was Connie, um, and was there a third? And Brandy, and then Tony. Is that okay? Okay. Hi, ma'am. Hi. So I'm feeling expanded. And I loved it when you said be nothing. You love? When you said be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Such a relief. Yeah, isn't it? Pretense can go, you know? Yeah, holding up the persona. Myself. Yeah. Good for you. We just play that game with ourselves, you know. So it feels like I'm in a different space. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so I like to expand it and try to stabilize it. And without then, grasping it, without identifying with it, uh huh. Yeah. So it's around cultivating it, being with it, melting with it, welcoming it. So sooner or later, life is going to present you with a story. One of your daughters might call or something. And it's like, all right, you'll either contract and get into something or you won't. And you've no control over how you're going to react. But the more open we are, the better chance there is that the contraction will be so obvious that after a few seconds you'll cop it. So it's around the contraction happens but let the time be shorter and shorter. You know, I liked, um, I did have an experience last night or this morning of playing a, converse, a future conversation I was going to have today. And I started contracting and said, okay, no, I'm not going there. Yes. 
And um, and I liked your analogy of the cigarettes. Like I'm an ex-smoker, so I can relate to that. Of no, I'm not gonna have the cigarette. I've been like not smoking, and I asked my sister for a cigarette. And she said, how long have you not had one? And I said, you know, like six months. She goes, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And it was the right, you know, thing, and I continued not to smoke. But I like that analogy. No, you know. The... Yes. Because as soon as we start to negotiate, forget it. It's just we're sliding into it again. Because that's what the mind does. It negotiates and manipulates. <clears throat> and before you know it, you've bought its story. There is a kind of a determination or a, a cut at a certain point, is there's just like, no, no, not going there. So great, if that makes sense to you. Great. So I'd like to also talk about addiction. Uh-huh. I think I'm addicted to ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I buy my little tiny cups at Walgreens, I'm fine. We went from a big tub to a little cup because we couldn't stop. So we're on little tubs. Okay. <laughs> I bought the pint. Oh, you bought the pint. And they half until I'm like, okay, I actually noticed that I went into a trance. You know. And I, I didn't finish it. But, um, it's an addiction. Yeah, so that's it's an interesting addiction. what you're saying about fear, that the base of addiction is fear. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering, how is that? Yeah. Because um, to me, it's more a story. Okay. You know, I'm. I deserve this pleasure. You know. So I don't really see how fear is. Um, okay. I can try it. You know, I say no. I'm not going to do it. And okay. See if fear arises. Okay. I, I wouldn't look for fear, but as we peel down to what's real for you, we'll probably find it somewhere. So, so. Yeah, I have fear has been coming up. Yeah, yeah. If 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 you keep digging into addiction, yeah. you'll find it. You'll find it there somewhere. But what, rather than look for something, we gotta go with what's real for you. Yeah. All right. So so the substance right now is ice cream. <clears throat> so let's say we're to give it up totally. Mm-hmm. What's absent? Is it the flip side of like I deserve this ice cream? So is it the flip side? Is it like, I deserve something and I'm not allowed to have it? What, what do you do if we give it up? If you didn't have your, your, um, your comfort food? I don't know. You know I've, been, I've been giving up things. Yeah, I give up kombucha. I'm giving up potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> but, I did, but, but I did have like 10 brownies at the United Club the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Addiction, yeah, yeah. 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 Give it up. I don't know. So why? Think about it. What? What would it? It's that. It's that pressure valve that gets released when you have something. So I feel like I have control. Yeah. Control. Sure. Sure. And there's something about, I have imagined that this substance, whatever the food is, because it's food nowadays, that this substance is, is going to trigger this, I deserve it, and it, it allows you to chill a bit. 
So you've associated that, you've put that on. I mean, anything will do. It goes from potato chips to brownies to ice cream, no? So you're just transferring it. The same power onto ice cream has it now, has the power to make you feel a certain way. You can feel that way anytime you like, but you're giving the power to something outside of yourself. That's what the loop does. It gives the power outside. It could be, am I accepted? Am I good enough? Am I loved? You know, you're giving your power to something else to give you permission to feel a certain way. So your normal way of feeling in some, some way doesn't include what the substance will give you. Because you're going through the substance to give you that feeling. So I want you to get super aware of how you're feeling before you think, I want to have ice cream. It's like, okay, there's the thought, I want to have ice cream. What am I trying to fix? What am I trying to soothe here? I want to, I want to buy this new emotion through a tub at Walgreens. All right, so, so what was I feeling just before? That's what we need to unpack. That's the one. That's the trigger thought that says something outside can make me take away this thought. What's that one that's so awful? And that will be based on a belief. And I bet you it will be when you will have lost the wider view. Oh, yeah. So I think it's kind of like I'm not good enough. So I need this, like a boost. It's like a sugar boost. So when you go into I'm not good enough, can you go, who am I? Can you go, when I'm not good enough yeah, comes who's up. who's the one? Yeah, who's the enough. one who's not good enough? Who's the one who's not good enough? And stay with it until you have the feeling of the expansiveness that you know you would have gotten through the tub of ice cream. Access it internally and not through the substance. Because what I'm trying to do is break the power that you give to a substance. A substance makes me feel this. It's like, actually, let's set it up so that you can feel this without going through the substance. Do you know? Because you're using some chemical thing in your body to trigger the feeling. And it's like, you can muster that up yourself. And what I want to do is, is stop the feeling, the absence of that feeling. It's the absence of it. That's the one I'm after. You see? But that's even, is that real? Is what real? The absence of the feeling. Not I mean, at all. You're believing like your story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're in story then. It's yeah. just imagination. Absolutely, you're Not imagining true. it. true. That's it? That's it? No, it's not true. But when it's showing up and it's motivating you to go to Walgreens, it's darn true then. It's true for you, but it's not true, really. Of course it's not really true, but it's playing as real. In that moment, it's playing as real. So in that moment when it's playing, okay, self-inquiry really works for you in times like that. So it's like, all right, so I'm not good enough. All right, really, really, am I going to run that story again? That bullshit story, I'm not good enough. I'm going to, and I'm going to try and negate that with this chemical to make me feel better. Really. Is that really the loop I'm going to follow now, right now? You see? So if you can kind of have the position of where you see the loop that's playing, rather than going into it and following its suggestion, which is ice cream will sort this. So if it's who am I? Or, or I'd love to see where you could see, wow, that, that's that thought. I'm so not buying it. You know? If we can get you to see it that fast so that you're not all, you're not kind of like smelling the antigel, which is the Wall's Green tub of ice cream. You know, I, I don't want you to go over there. It's like, no, no, you stay with this one and see the ridiculousness of, of buying that story in the first place. So it's peeling back so we get to the origin of it. 
Do you know? And it's like, okay, something wants to feel better about herself right now. All right, let's feel better about ourselves right now. What can we do here? That's nice. That's fun. But what can I do here? So I just want to say one other thing. Yeah. When I finished my Skype session with you the other day, I realized I hadn't even been honest with you in the Skype session. So I just want to own that and to yeah. just have you call me because I was protecting something. I don't remember the details, but I was not. I was lying about something. Yes. Like yeah. So I'd like you to call me on it. Yeah. And then sometimes, sometimes a lie needs to spin itself out. Sometimes it does, because it's like, okay, if that's working for her, okay, that's fine. So sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. I, I don't know what determines it. Sometimes I won't even see it. You know, sure, I get hoodwinked sometimes, of course. You know, of course. So, but sometimes it's like, all right, all right, let's just see what she does with that. Do you know? And... and So I don't know which way it's going to go. Of the three options, calling you out, not calling you out, and not seeing it. It can be any of the three. But, but you coming clean and like, wow, why do I do that? What did I get out of that? You doing your own work is, uh, is the optimum, really. Yeah, sure, sure. Brandy? there. Hi. Hi. Um, I would like to talk about shifts in perception uh-huh. some more. Uh-huh. And um, I wrote it down because I don't seem to be I don't seem to be able to when I'm talking to you get out what I want to get out. And sure. So I wrote it down but it still doesn't seem so um, yeah. so I feel different. Even here, I've been coming here for a couple of years, and I feel different even here, but it doesn't feel good. And so I just want to tell you what's going on, and I, because I feel like you know everything, you can see everything, I want you to tell me, am I heading in the right direction, or am I, like, off in left field? Okay. Because it doesn't feel good. But if I look at it and try to figure it out, it seems like it should be good. Huh. Okay. So I've been um, going to see a somatics experiencing person. Yes. And um, so I have done a lot of meditating and um, had some experiences. And I usually feel kind of connected. And so I've been going to see this woman. She's wonderful. And I've been crying a lot and having a lot of... I've been really sick after I see her. I've had a lot of stuff leaving my body. But I feel like I'm more in the world now. And she actually had explained to me that when you have trauma as a child, that the fight or flight goes into freeze and that children who have trauma are very comfortable meditating because it's similar to the freeze state. So I don't know... You know, we're talking about the layers for it to come in. I don't know if my if I'm releasing layers by releasing this stuff 
because it doesn't, it's almost like when you're talking about trying different things that don't feel comfortable. I feel very uncomfortable and I just don't, I don't have perspective outside of my box to know I felt confused. So I just, let me see if I got everything. Oh, when I work on my clients, because I do like energy work and massage, I, I still have that depth with them. It's not like I'm completely different, but I, I seem more interested in the world and I seem less deep, like unless I'm working on someone or I'm meditating. I don't feel like I'm in that state as much. That's what I have to say to you. Yeah. What's, what's, um, is, is there a value judgment on being more in the world? Is that a direction that you, you're surprised by or that you're judging? Or Yeah. Tell me course. about that. Why? Um, because value to me has always been your connection to God more or working towards that. But I think when the therapist told me that, you know, traumatic experiences create the freeze and that might be even why you're attracted to that. So in other words, even the thing about me that I thought was like a cool thing, an okay thing, was really from my trauma. I think, I don't know if that answers what you asked. I just kind of went on so the then, side. So does that feel right, that, that you're going into the world because you were frozen? Do you, do you agree with what she said? Does it feel right to you? Or are you just scared of being more in I the world? Afraid. Like even sitting here this weekend, I feel different. Like not able to just be. I feel kind of frozen, and I don't know. I I mean, I was kind of surprised when I even realized it because I didn't even know. I just feel different, and I don't know. I just I don't know. So. So you feel frozen here. Yeah, I guess. I, I feel like what you're saying is the perception changes, or you're just supposed to go with them. And I'm realizing that my perception has changed, and it just doesn't maybe seem like such a good thing. Okay, but do you get what we're saying about the layers of perception? Like, uh, okay, so, so you just said that when perception changes, you're supposed to go with them. Uh, not really. I'm not sure where. Um, I'm not like sure you're not how supposed you to have up. a base. Like you, I think what you said was um, that you're not supposed to have a base to go to. So, if, so if my perception is changing, that I should be okay with it. I shouldn't have to have the base that it's better to be the other way. But I'm realizing it doesn't feel okay. But for you, we need a solid base, and from then you can cast it off. Like people, this is completely the opposite of what I would say to somebody else. Because at different stages of the journey, you need different things. Okay. Some people, the fastest way they're going to get to truth is by loving the personality. Somebody else, it's by completely throwing off the personality. It depends on where you're at. Okay. And we have to honor where you're at because there's no, no hierarchy or no system. It, things, different things come in at different times for everybody. So there's, you know, it can go any which way. So for you... Um, 
having having an authentic base where there's total love and acceptance of brandy and that there's no avoidance of the world that would be really great no avoidance at all that you can be totally present and totally in your body only then can you drop the reference point but for you to make a healthy reference point would be really good it's like when there's fruit on a tree sometimes you just got to wait for the thing to be really ripe when it's ripe it falls off and it'd be like well it's going to fall off the tree anyway that apple so what's the point in waiting for it to ripen it's going to fall off and rot and rot anyway it's like this is just how nature works something ripes comes to fruition and then falls off and rots and decomposes that's the cycle that's just the cycle so we can't jump over the experience of you becoming whole and positive and kind of in your body you can't jump that phase so this is just being in the world is just my the phase i'm in yes and i just have to allow myself to do it and enjoy it yes fully enjoy it fully enjoy it i don't think you're going to get lost in it you've done too It's much kind of scary that's exactly what it's going to bring up that's exactly where i need you to go with it and when that fear goes it's the controller the controller is showing up it's like you could control your what the world did to you by being slightly out of the world you had the some handle on it but now if you're completely in the world you become vulnerable again you become open again it's like anything can happen ooh and it's like all right that's where you got to go that's where the fear is lying for you That's why you made me make a bucket list last year maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Thank you very yeah. much. So be totally in the world and say, "Hey, you know, my divine essence must have my back here because I got to go right into the world." And if I lose the plot and lose my connection, I learn from that too. This is the going for it for you is about being in your body in the world. That's you going for it. You can do the spiritual stuff no problem. It's yeah. usually the flip for people. You know, they they they're trying to leave the world but they're too attached to it. It's like you're very attached up here, but we got to bring you into the world because that's the fear place for you. It's just showing up in reverse. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You'll be all right. <laughs> it's just the fear of it. The f- it's the fear of it is the issue. Yeah, it is. It's the fear of it. The, the practice of itself is like, "Oh god, I can play here. This is a playground." So should I even stop meditating and I mean should I just go for that and just try to be in the world? I I don't I mean I'm just asking. I, I would for a few months. But I would put something in your scheduler. It's like, okay, 1st of March. I'm going to just see what it's like. And it's like, okay, would that would that be nicer in my lifestyle? Is my mind gone nuts? would do I, what do i need would would meditation support me right now because i'd love you to disconnect from meditation and to reconnect with it in another way so that when you go back to meditation that it doesn't have any kind of avoidance or any kind of a safe place for you but that it's something that would enrich your life 
You see? Yeah. So that it's not a hiding so place. So that it's not my ice cream at Walgreens? You got it. Yeah. You got yeah. it. And, and I can, can I just try to be more physical and more exercise? Yes. Okay. Come right into the body. Okay. Thank you. Like sex, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Being really physical in your body. Okay. Yeah. Dance. All of that jazz. Okay. Yeah. Paint your toenails, you know. Yeah. But set a date and then say, okay, let's see. It's three months now. And I haven't meditated. Four months, March. Okay, yeah, okay. That'll give you a nice chunk if you stopped now. March. Yeah, first of March. Okay. Yeah, that'll give you a nice chunk. Yeah, November, December, January, February. That'll be four months. That's a, that's a chunk. That's a third of a year. And let's see. And then it's actually, no, my mind is has too much anxiety. My mind is way too busy. I'm definitely pulling in meditation. You know, it might be like that. And it's like, all right, let's pull it in again. I think if I go to counseling, if mm. I continue doing it, and mm. um, I, I found that I could even contact you, that, I mean, I'm allowed to do that. It's just not meditating. So if I go a little crazy, I can get help. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You're wise. You'll know where to get help. Yeah. Yeah. But the fear of going crazy is what I want to bring up. Okay. <laughs> Did we touch a nerve? I think we touched a nerve. Yeah. yeah. This is where your fears I are do right have, now. Yeah. Um, childhood stuff about having a personality, borderline personality parent, disorder parent. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's kind of scary, but that's it's okay. scary because I don't right. have that. I've been checked many times. Yes, <laughs> because I'm a checker now. Are you sure? Are you sure it's okay? Yes. Are you sure I'm okay? Are you sure I don't have it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I'll just okay. think I'm crazy, but and it's How not about, even crazy. It's yeah, exactly. Like exactly. We're all a bit nuts, really. Right. You yes, know, yes. like oh, what's yeah, normal? Definitely the, you know, there's, oh, yes. there's a bit of dodginess in all of us. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the one that wants to stay in control, the one that wants to stay monitoring it, the one that has unsafe things, the one that keeps, wants to keep herself kind of like, just keep me attached to my lifeline over here to make sure I'm safe. All of this needs to come up. So that's why I'm saying, let's just sail you off out without, without a, send you off out to space without a, a line to the spaceship. You know, let's just send you free floating for a bit. I like that. I like that for you, just to see what happens. Okay. See what it brings up. I'm going to do it for four months. Yeah, four months. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And deal with what comes up and say, wow, and then realize there was so much fear there, because you're going to find lots of fear. Yeah, because I'm going to be alone. Yeah. I'm not going to have That's that right. connection, but it's only a breadcrumb anyways. That's right. I thought it was so That's much. True. And by of doing course. this, maybe I'll have two breadcrumbs. Maybe so. Maybe. Or maybe I won't ever meditate again. Maybe. Let's leave it wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Ah, there's a lot of courage coming in for you. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Thanks for Yeah, all these fears have to be thrown up. Yeah. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. Sure. Tony, wasn't it? Thanks, my dear.
um, it was coming to me to talk about um, the showering of pure consciousness and the breadcrumbs, and also a little bit about um, beauty and love. Um, so when you were talking about the showering and the breadcrumb, or the crumbs, I guess you said, um, that like brought up some stuff in me. Um, I sort of recognize like when some, sometimes when stuff is going on up here, um, I will sort of not really tune into it for a while and, and I sort of wonder about, you know, maybe that's in the category of just taking the crumbs. Yeah. Um, and then there, there was all this uh, emotion that came up. I don't know if I can get this out too easily. I think there's there's a part of me, like maybe kind of a young part of me, um, that's like really sad and I don't know. Um, so I've known you for several years and. Um, feel this whole thing, like I feel like I've underutilized you as my teacher. And I feel like there's part of me that feels really bad about that. But it was right at the time. It was what you needed at the time. What was? Whatever the exchange was, was what was happening, was what was appropriate at the time. Like whatever was... I was doing other than yeah, engaging in this? Like Sure. Uh-huh. Well, like, we do the best we can, give, mm-hmm. given what we know in any moment, you know? And afterwards, hindsight is a great thing, but we only get hindsight because it played out the way it did. Mm-hmm. That's how we get some wisdom, mm-hmm. you know? So it was right at the time. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, we are, you know? yeah exactly. Yeah. And I also see that there's like this little character in me that is... Have, you know, like that's not all of me that is feeling that way. Too, yeah, I do. Know. I get you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah there, there's also, I can tune into it being okay, for sure. Um, so I think part of this is, um, so in a, like just to have, try to have the willingness to take more than crumbs, you know? Um, so there's something about um, asking you for directions. Uh, and that's, I've done that before. And sort of the last one that really stuck with me was this whole thing of um, sort of tuning into love, you know? And, um, and I, I realized from the discussion <clears throat> yesterday that what I, you know, we have the word love, and then I have whatever that I'm, I'm using it to designate, you know, and, and what it was designating was this thing that was kind of spacious and warm uh, and felt good, but it's also like, it, maybe it was like maybe contaminated a little bit, like there was some grasping in it, there's some um, sort of a jangly feeling with it, like kind of, that was subtle, but, um, and then when, I actually have very little memory of what you said last night. I sort of deleted that file, 
as well. But um, <laughs> the um, you you did use the word beauty, and somehow that word, like that, felt cleaner. I felt sort of quieter and calmer. Ah, ah. You know, so I I don't. I'll, so that sort of got you know that's in the mix, and I sort of like what that does, for whatever reason. Uh, and so now, if I tune into that, you know, it's a little quieter and calmer. It's, you know, it's nice. Lovely, yeah. lovely. Um, but then, you know, you had this whole other thing about movement and all, and I don't really get. That. You've said that before. What I don't really get it. So. So that, and that bothers me a little bit. So okay, if that's going to be my practice, and I don't even get it, you know. <laughs> um, so that's pretty much what I had to say, and then I'm, I guess I'm just looking for directions. How's life in general for you, Tony? It's pretty okay, you know. I mean, the phenomenal life is pretty okay. Yeah. Is there stability within yourself emotionally? There's probably more than there was. Well actually. done. Well yeah. done. Yeah, I, I have this practice. You know, I have this practice. I'm seeing these. My patients are mostly addicted patients, and they're trying to trick me sometimes. And, um, and I mean, so there's really some lovely stuff that happens, but some, you know, sometimes it can get a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if the word confrontational is maybe too strong, but there's like I have to deal with stuff. That, yeah, you know, whatever. I bet. Um, and stuff that used to set me off more um, is less likely to. Yes. So that's good. That's what I'm looking for. Your trigger's going down. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Um, and I'm, I'm, there is like, oh, and the other thing, I don't really have a spiritual practice. I, I used to meditate mm. a lot in the past, and, and I haven't for many years. Sure. And so now I'm doing stuff like, you know, tennis and mountain biking, and even work is something that gives me some flow, you know. So yeah. there is stuff where I'm, I'm not, like, so involved in thought yeah. when I'm doing those things, but yeah. that's, like, that's, like, all I'm doing, really. Yeah. You know, That's okay. and so so what I, I sort of wonder am I just drifting in this ego land? You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's been a few years since I saw you. Yeah. But something has uh, balanced out. There's less of a fighter in you. There uh-huh. was more of a kid who was like pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. You know, in towards a way, you. a kid would. Yeah, towards yeah, me. Yeah, yeah you were pushing back, pushing back. And now it's like, actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to get something. So now there's much more of an adult thing rather than like the resistance. Mm. That's a great shift. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, not at all, Tony. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? It's like, sure, you know, it's just the play, you know? It's like, that's yeah. the role that gets played, you know? Yeah. Not at all. So, so I couldn't really get in there while you were pushing me out. Mm-hmm. Do you know? But there's something now that's just kind of more mature. You know, there's an overview now of like, oh, okay, actually, I'm kind of, this is my life. This is, this is what I'm going to do with it. So, so at this stage, do you have access to some kind of awareness where the Tony guy, it's not just the Tony guy? You know, I don't think I spend much time there. You know, I think like yeah. if I'm going about my life, yeah. I'm I'm sort of doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But if you ask me the question, like, so I come back to the, like you have, you've asked that question a few t- a few times. Um, 
uh, since I've been here. And and you've had another question you asked was, you know, are you completely stuck in your story? And I, it's no, it's not complete. I mean, there's there's some like there's a little bit of space and there's some softness, yeah. but. Can I be totally free in the story? I don't know. You know, that's, that's a whole other thing. So do you have access to that which is not Tony? It's, it's not how long or anything. It's yeah. like, do you have access to it? I'm, I'm, I want to say yes. I'm scared to say yes because I'm not 100% sure that it's true. Okay. 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 Yeah. So... Some people have can go there at will, and mm -hmm. some people can't. I have some a whole thing of like I, I had a practice of trying to go there right. over and over go with this right. self inquiry for years yeah. and years and years. Yeah, and I would get into these mind games about whether I was really doing it right or not. Okay, so that's part of my problem. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, I'm interested in finding a bit of. Uh, a pathway to what is not Tony that your mind isn't going to sabotage and co-opt into its own methodology. That's where I was going with this. So you're on it yourself. Okay. When you tune into, let's say, beauty, can it be there without Tony owning the experience? I can tell you that the state that I was labeling beauty, which I have, I have no idea if it really is beauty, probably is not. Um, th that is true. What you just said is that can be there and Tony's not owning it. And Tony's not owning it. Correct. Yes, that's what I want. Okay. I'd love you to, f to, to feel, it's like, okay, I can pull in ownership of it and Tony's having the experience or I can drop it. Okay. I want you to get super familiar with that uh -huh. so that you know by the smell of it, Mm -hmm. As it's approaching, it's like, whoa, there's Tony trying to own that. And there's, there it is on itself, mm -hmm. on its own. Okay. So practice with beauty. It's like, okay, there's beauty. Is there ownership? No. I'm not sure about beauty because I right. don't even know what beauty is. That's all right. Anything vague is really useful here. <laughs> so I'm, if you kind of said, oh, yeah, I totally get beauty, I would swap it out for something else. <laughs> so I want it to be kind of nebulous, kind of like, well, what really? It's like, that's great because the concept is loose. So it's just a feeling that I'm labeling beauty, really. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not totally satisfied with it, but I'll go. Yeah, it, it needs to be kind of vague because it's <laughs> like a pointer for your mind. Mm -hmm. Because if we really bring it in as a concrete, tangible thing in the phenomenal world, well, 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 then mind has pulled it into the dualistic world. And really, it's a pointer going into the place that's a bit more vague. Mm -hmm. So the vagueness is actually what we want. Okay. Do you know? Beauty is like a, oh, rather than a color, shape, size. You know, it's like, a, oh. Yeah, my hand is doing something here, down in my body, you know? Oh, you know? That's as good as it gets okay. in describing what beauty is and what we're talking about. Feeling the difference between beauty and there's the Tony guy owning it. I want you to get familiar with that so that in your workplace mm -hmm. is like, okay, can I see this patient for like 15 minutes, for example? And... Can I tell if Tony is owning the, the role he's playing here or is the role just being played and there's no ownership? I want you to develop the yeah. skill 
to know exactly when ownership, when you're yeah. being Tony, yeah. Yeah. And, and when the role is just happening and there's yeah. no ownership. And I already, I, I mean, I'm just sort of playing the tape and, yeah. and I, I, know that, I, I know that I know the difference, actually. Yes, yeah. excellent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you think more times in the day there's ownership or no ownership? Uh, ownership. Okay, can we swap that out? Let's try. Yeah. yeah, that's your spiritual practice. All right. Yeah. So you can sit for a few minutes, you know, like... Two minutes when you get into the car and before you get out of the car, two minutes of just beauty itself so that you exercise that muscle mm-hmm. of placing your attention where there's no ownership. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's where we start. Mm-hmm. So you need to cultivate that muscle. Mm-hmm. And beauty is the one to do, that does it because it's vague enough and you know there's no ownership there. Okay. Perfect. Then work on how can I bring it out my day, bring it through my day. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you can remember it twice during the day, once at work, once at home. Perfect. I can probably do better than that. Wonderful. Yeah. Get used to living without ownership. Yeah. I think you did my patients a huge favor, actually. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> <That's very true. laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you. Sure, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. We've just gone over time. Do, do, do you need... Is, is it a quickie? Do you yeah, need it's, it? Yeah, it's a quick. All right. Yeah, yeah. Shoot from there. All right. I... Um, there's a thing that I'd like to do, and I saw it come up, you know, and then I saw the consequences as well. And on a mental level, I was able to just kind of dispel them fairly quickly. All right. There's just these energetic kind of holdings in the gut and the chest that seem a little more sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. So, so your mind uses <coughs> the emotion, and then the emotion uses your body. Oh. <clears throat> You've got another layer coming in now. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. So. so it's like, okay, you're able to kind of see what's going on at the mental level, see, see how the emotion, you know, the consequences of the negative emotion, but okay, you'll be able to dissolve that, and it's like, all right, so here's the body. So we're just going to tell the body, relax now. There's nothing going on here. There's nothing going on here. I'm sitting here, and there's nothing going on. It's all right. It's all right. It's safe. all right it's really all right rest and digest no need for fight and flight rest and digest so we're breaking a pattern it's got another layer thank you okay folks thank you for a fun day and uh, see you tomorrow at 10.30 yes okay Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye, everybody.